Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. All right, today we're joined by longtime listener, first time writer, Anna. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Anna was the very first person to ever send email to feedback at Untangling Christianity. I think that was a couple years ago. We were totally pumped when we got that email. It was like, oh, there's someone out there. and they- <laughs> Someone's listening, really. <laughs> someone's listening, and, and they actually like what we're doing. They're kind of resonating with what we're doing. They have all kinds of questions, and I think from there ensued several different email conversations on a variety of topics, many of which I'm not sure we ever fully concluded. But We've I'd- got some dang threads there. <laughs> right. <laughs> So That's okay. So I just thought, well, it's January 2016. It's like it was right around the New Year, as I recall it, when you first wrote to us. And I thought we want to we kind of want to like broaden the scope of our little show here and engage more in real time with the people that are listening or have listened in the past. And so I thought, oh, you're the perfect person to come on. So I reached out to you and said, hey, will you come on? And you said, yeah, I guess so. Okay. So <laughs> here we are. So. So maybe start with, I don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you found the podcast. Okay. It was a couple years ago, I was at a place in my spiritual journey where I was just listening to a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of, um, as a stay-at-home mom, and I had, you know, a lot of housework to do. So I'd always pop my, something into my ears almost all the time. And um, anyway, the whole spiritual journey, we can talk about a little bit more, but it was there that I kind of, um, discovered you guys. And when I went back to you, I think Greg asked me, where'd you find us? And then I went back to try to find you again. And I was like, I have no idea where I found you. I can't refine you now. <laughs> <laughs> so I figured, well, maybe it was meant to be. So I was listening to you guys on the podcast for a little bit and, and I don't know why. I mean, I'd never written to any or, you know, emailed anyone else or contacted any other, anyone else about, you know, in that format. So but for you guys, there was just an approachability, I think, that or something that I was identifying with in you. I don't know if I can even put my finger on it, but just kind of shot off an email, and that started the email conversations between us, and I've been listening to you for quite a while now. Very interesting. Yeah, and I think some of those early conversations, and even some of the recent conversation discussions we've had have been about experience. Yes. And <laughs> different experiences. Where Where is... Like, have you gotten any more clarity on how you look at experiences? Maybe that's something we want to throw around today. <laughs> that would be awesome. I, if you can answer, I, I mean, yeah, I have huge questions about that. And uh, I don't really have any answers. And so, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to kind of dive in. I, but I've had a lot of, um, in my spiritual journey, I think, experiences of God that... Um, have been interesting and I haven't known how to categorize all the time or interpret or put into the framework of what a good Christian life is supposed to be. And so that's part of the, the conversation we had over emails and stuff. What, what is, how do you determine as a, as a Christian where to fit the experience part of it into your journey and decide what's legitimate, what isn't, you know, what can be tossed, what needs to be kept and so that's an ongoing struggle I have every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I think that's where the, I think you took issue with Greg in one episode and that's where the eagle, yeah. the famous, <laughs> the yeah. famous eagle surfaced. <laughs> right. Well, you know, okay. So to, to back up a little bit, I would say, you know, I, I grew up in a, a Protestant Christian home. My dad was a pastor and, um, you know, was in church all the time, was raised in a conservative, I mean, not fundamental, but, you know, conservative Christian home that a lot of people are. And, and so as I was growing up, you know, I, I didn't have what I would consider that different of a life than anyone else. Um, and I, I just never had, I think, a, um, the experience of God at that young age or during my teen years that um, created, uh, what would I say, any belief beyond what kind of had been taught to me. Mm. And so, um, you know, I decided at one point in my life, I, I just screw this, you know, I'm out of here. I, I don't, I don't know what all that abundant life is. You know, I've been taught all these things is not happening in my life. I don't understand. And I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray, you know, I, I don't get it. And I kind of went off, did my own thing for a while, just decided I, I've had enough of this, you know, and I, and unfortunately, you know, kids do that sometimes and they, they have to learn the hard way. I guess I had to learn the hard way that, um, going off and living however I chose to live with, didn't solve any problems for me. It created more. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a point in my life where I uh, had a couple of big experiences, experiences of God that um, jarred me enough to uh, say, you know what, I, I need to look at this more closely. I need to examine more closely, you know, where I'm, what's going on here, right? I mean, I'm a pretty logical rational person and when you have experiences that happen that are not necessarily uh, can't be really proven or disproven or classified as something scientific it's it's definitely in some kind of spiritual realm where you're stuck in this kind of middle zone where you're like whoa you know what what was that hmm. and uh, you know we have as human beings what we believe is so vitally important to how we live our life i mean our world, you can look at our world right now, it's so much chaos going on because of the fundamental belief, you know, I mean, especially religiously, we all know that. This, So I think my point is that what we believe in our deepest place in our heart is going to ripple out to, you know, how we think, how we talk, how we act towards others, and it really does have a, a huge impact, not only on ourselves, but on those in our social circles and our, uh, you know, our spheres in influence and all of that. And so I came to a point in my life where I had to make some tough decisions about what I believed was happening. Because um, I was kind of skipping along, you know, oh, good, I'm a good little Christian now. I, I, you know, I go to church and I, and I, you know, we give money to the church and I do my little volunteer here and there and, you know, yay, you know, I'm, but there came a point where there's a huge jarring, whoa, there's a bigger, a bigger picture out there. There's I think there's a God out there who's trying to communicate to me, you know? And so that, that for me was, um, I had to, there was a point in my life definitely where I had to make some decisions about what I was going to believe. Now, how did you know in these experiences that these experiences were God? Because that's where, if you, and, and I know you've listened to me for a long time, because like, that's what I'm constantly searching for. I'm constantly searching for that thing that I can say, okay, that was God. It's really God, not just, you know, I had a good day or, or the stars were all in alignment. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think there's a, a, a definite element in there, John, where you don't know for sure. 
You have to believe. And I think that's what faith is. I think that there is an element that, you know, those who seek God, it's impossible to please God without faith. And you have to believe that he is. And those that seek him, he rewards. I mean, that's just straight from scripture. You know, I mean, I think there's, and that's scary because as human beings, we want certainty. We we don't want to go out on a ledge of uncertainty. And I think there's definitely, God designed it that way. There is an element of uncertainty where you have to say, I have to make a decision to leap onto the faith bandwagon here. And that's scary. <laughs> yeah, and I guess when I, yeah, when I get to that point, I'm curious what Greg thinks about all this. <laughs> but, but I, I think when I get to that point, I always feel like I'm just kind of like talking myself into it. It's kind of a, like kind of a yeah. fake it till you make it. And that didn't ever turn out very well for me either. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know where you want to, you want to jump in, Greg? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm interested to hear it just as you're you're explaining it and you're kind of laying it out. Um, yeah, I mean, John and I have had this 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 is a major theme in our conversations. This whole piece about experience and interpreting experience, and you know, how do you know when something? How to interpret it one way or how to interpret it another? Yeah, and maybe one of those things about you know the, our conversations, John, with the eagle, is that whole idea of not making too much out of something that seems to be relatively small, you know, kind of keeping your, your interpreted conclusions in proportion with the size of the event, you know, and sometimes a small event can mean a lot and we can break that out to other people and, and then they understand that it's not obvious right away, you know, right. but on the other hand, um, sometimes we can't, you know, and I think, I think that's also, I, re- I remember, y- yeah, I won't, I won't go into any, exa- any examples now, but, um, I don't know. I'd like to hear more. I think I think this is a good line of questioning. I always like it when when you get really interested, John, and you start probing. <laughs> so I don't I don't want to jump in yet. I okay, like I feel like I'm just leaving that. you out of the conversation. No, no, no. I'm listening. I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Right. Well, here I'll give you I'll give you an example. There was one, um, and this happened many years. Uh, this would be like I don't know, 15 years ago or so now. Um, but there was this. Um, I was having a really hard time in my life. It, it, you know. I had just recently been married and, and it, I was adjusting. It was very difficult. I mean, it, you know, and at that point in my life, I had just this, I had just been crying a lot and I was praying and, and I remember I was driving in my car and I had this mental image, which I would, I would say is the place where your imagination is, but you see a picture there. You don't, you don't see it, you know, visually, you kind of, it's like you're imagining it, but, but I, so I saw this picture and, um, it was me laying on the floor and I was just in this little ball. I was just so wounded. And, and the, I saw Jesus there or what, when I say Jesus, it means a, I sense an essence of that. Or I, I, I recognize that he's, that there's a communication here about his role in my life at that point. And he picked me up and just started carrying me. I'm this rag doll. And he walks to these big doors and, and they open in front of him and he walks me through these huge doors. I mean, ornately designed. And you think, how can you, I mean, that's just such an imagination. It's, you know, I start crying. I'm in my car. I, I'm like, Wah! you know, I'm just so, I mean, it just, and, but you know, my tears hadn't even dried on my cheeks before I was like, okay, I made that up. I understand that I want God to do that for me. Somehow help me here, this difficult situation. So I made that up and whatever, you know, but I'm still crying as I'm deciding that I just made that up. Mm. And but there was something in me that said, okay, wait, that doesn't happen to me very much. So God, if that was you here, I'm going to make you a deal here. Um, you know, I'm saying this, 
inside my own heart, right? And I don't tell anyone about it. And I said, if that was you, then I, um, I want you to confirm it through my mother somehow. And I'm not saying a word to her. Good luck. And I go on with my life. And I for, not forget about it, but, you know, I assume there's nothing going to happen. Well, I, I think it was maybe two weeks later. I'm not sure. And it was my birthday. And, and I had been out shopping one day. And I came home. And there was a birthday present on the dining room table. And my mom had dropped it off. And, um, I, you know, she wasn't there anymore. She'd left. And I opened it up. And it's a picture of a woman in the arms of God. An artwork picture. A framed piece of artwork. And I, I sat there. And I just sat down. And I was like, okay. Whoa. You know, I mean, mm. so I, and I called my mom right away. I, I mean, I literally had the wrapping paper on the table. I was like, why did you buy this? You know, cause I hadn't, I hadn't, <laughs> said a word to her. I hadn't said a word to her. And she said, well, I just walked into the store. I saw it and, and something in my heart said, buy that right now. And I went and bought it and I wrapped it up and it's your present. And I, and so I, okay. So then I had to sit there with that experience and I thought about it a lot. Okay. Cause if I'm going to give God an ultimatum and he's going to maybe do it, then I need to be willing to accept it because I really didn't think anything was going to happen from it. And it, you know what? I, I went for probably another couple of years, probably kind of thinking about it. I mean, it wasn't like I all of a sudden was like, Oh, you know I mean? Uh, it, it, Cause I just wasn't used to that kind of, to me, that was very, wow, what a big coincidence that that wasn't him. And, and what it really was, that experience that I had, was him comfort me, comforting me in that moment and saying, I can, I can comfort you however I want. If I want you to see a picture in your head and, and, and that I want you to believe that's me, um, and I can do that then. You know, I mean, I don't go around bossing God around on a regular basis. Just so you know, I really <laughs> did put that out there because I didn't believe that anything was going to happen. I mean, right. it's so impossible, you know. And so, but it did happen. And so I had to think about that. So, you know, a couple of years went by really, and I was still kind of this good little Christian that kind of, yeah, I did my, I don't know, I mean, not really that, but, but, you know, that's always in the back of my head. And so there a couple, maybe two or three years later, I really started to think, okay, you know what, I, I I'm going to spend some more time, you know, and I, I started to spend some more time in, in the studying the Bible in prayer and, you know, and in just seeking. I went and bought myself a bunch of commentaries to the Bible and I started working through it. Genesis just would get these huge thick commentaries, start studying and start going, okay, who are you? Who are you, God? I mean, if I'm, if you're out there, you want a relationship with me, I need to be able to, uh, I need to know who you are. And I, I, I know I've, I'm a Christian. I've been raised all this with all this in my life, but I need to know you personally. It, it, there came a point when it wasn't good enough having all this knowledge, you know, just streaming around in my head, just like bouncing off the edges. You know, I, I needed to have an experiential relationship with God, or at least that's what I wanted. And so, um, you know, I, and I had always, I had come from this very insecure, you know, I'm a very, and I think a lot of people maybe deep inside of them probably have some insecurities, have some things like, I, I don't know that I'm that unusual, but just a very, grew up with a very low self-esteem, very insecure, just you know, and so for me to think that the God who created the universe is aware of me, loves me, knows me, is communicating with me. I mean, that all is good and well, but to really believe that is difficult. I mean, you can go and you can sing a praise song in church and be like, you know, praise you, God. But when you're sitting alone by yourself 
and you're thinking about what you really believe in your deepest heart, that's a difficult thing to believe Mm. that he's, that he's there Mm -hmm. and that he's really aware of you and really interacting with you. And it almost seems like an arrogant thing to believe in some sense. So anyway, just a long story short, it it took years. I mean, and and I started with an hour here, an hour there. Then this time I was having in this, you know, wasn't always reading the Bible. Sometimes it was other books, sometimes praying, sometimes just listening to music, drinking coffee. You know, I mean, thinking about things and pondering things. And so finally, um, after a number of of years, it's like this, this resistance I had to him, just chink, you know, brick by brick, it was being torn because I had these moments and I, and I kept a very detailed journal of it. And that, that's, you know, I mean, I, I would write everything down, even if I didn't know if it really was God, maybe it was something else. I'd just write down here's, you know, and it, it would be just small things. Sometimes I would, I would have a prayer that I would write out. And that day in my, my Bible study or randomness, I would come across a passage that dealt directly with it with what I was, you know, dealing with. You know, I mean, it it wasn't always these big moments of wow. In fact, it rarely was big moments of wow. It almost always was quiet moments between me and him of either, you know, getting to know a little bit more about him, getting to know more about his character, feeling that interaction somehow, and and having to continually believe that there's somebody here. There there were definite huge doubts I had at, at points. You know, but I thought, well, I have enough proof inside of me. You know, I've been, I I believe enough to take the next step. That's what I would have to come up with. Enough faith to take one more step. One more day, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get up tomorrow. And and it got to the point where I was spending a good two or three hours a day, eventually, just in that place with him saying, you know, what do you have for me today? Let's study. Let's, let's read. Let's do da, 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 da. And there's something that very deep inside of me transformed it. It, I came to really, truly 100%, a hundred percent. I mean, guys, I dove in. I mean, I said hundred percent, not only is there a God, he knows my name. He's talking to me. He is communicating with me. And I, and, and it, it revolutionized my inner life. I mean, it, on the out, I don't know that I was that different outside, but there was a life inside of me that was so, I, I don't even know, there's no really way to describe it other than it comes from knowing you're loved. I mean, I think being that desire for acceptance and love is the deepest core desire that a human heart has. And if, you, if it's not being met, people look for it in all different ways. We know that. Look at the messed up world we have. So many people looking for acceptance and love in all different places. And when, when I found it was met in God, uh, it's almost like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I, I have accomplished here. Here, I, 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 wow. That's what I've been looking for my whole life. Uh, there's the answer. Wow. And so has that carried forward until this present day? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting you to say yes. Okay. No. no. Oh, no, 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 no. So here's the, here's where the twist comes into it. I mean, so a number of, number of years ago now, we're going on 10 years ago, there was um, a point in my journey where I really, uh, I, I don't even know how to even articulate it very well. There was a point in my journey where um, I felt as though 
there between the interaction I was having in that and um, there, there were some strange things that started happening between in that relationship. I started to have um, a shift somehow internally, a lot of dreaming, a lot of, um, ex, you know, just deep, deep soul kind of, I don't even know how to even put it on there, but there was a definite shift in that, the way I was approaching that relationship. And it came from me seeing things, some things in scripture that I didn't recognize before and that kind of a fleshing out our bigger picture. And, um, and, and let me say at the same time, let me, let me, I, I was teaching in my church at this time. I was teaching Bible study in my church and I was talking, I had a big social circle. I had friends, you know, I mean, girls I met with for coffee and I would talk and I, you know, it was very passionate and, and vibrant. And I, I didn't understand all those years as, as, as God was kind of healing, getting to me to a certain place. I didn't understand this. And that was not the way that everybody's relationship with God was who, who were, I, I, because, you know, I don't know what goes on John with you personally in your thoughts with God or your, your spiritual journey or Greg, I don't know what, you know what I mean? Nobody really knows. So I'm assuming uh, along the way that this is very standard for Christians. And when they grow spiritually, this is, what they experience. And I, I learned, <laughs> no, it isn't. That isn't. And so it, it was um, surprising to me in some ways that this, that, that my journey where I was, where I was arriving to was not standard. And, um, and so there came a point where I said, okay, there's some, there's a shift going on. And I, and I stepped out and I started to talk to people about it. Well, there is where it became very, very painful and difficult because what I, what I was met with basically, it's all good and dandy when you're sitting in your um, chair five o'clock in the morning with your coffee and you're writing on a cloud that's wonderful and you're feeling all connected to God. That's fantastic. But the other end of it is when you're talking to people and because we're not, I'm not meant to sit in that chair and live my spiritual journey out there. That's fantastic that I was doing that at that time in my life, but I'm meant to be part of a body that's growing and loving and learning how to walk better and closer as a, as a community of Christian, you know, I'm meant to live in community. So, um, when I started to engage community and the things that I was seeing and learning and, and, uh, it, it turned very ugly, very fast. And, um, well, I lost my, I lost my ministry, did not, you know, at the church I was teaching at, um, uh, became estranged with many of my relationships. And this is all because of the things that you were, like you were just sharing that this is what was happening to you. And yes, yeah, people, it, it, people yeah. were like, you, th- that's not right. true or that's too yeah. crazy or that's too right. weird or... Basically, uh, you know, I told one person, one person told me, you know, and well, later on, you know, and you know, you just are someone with self-esteem. So what you did was you created a fantasy world for yourself. You created this fantasy world where God loved you. You made all this stuff up and you know, that's sad. Um, and I, and I, but you know, here's the problem with this. It's wonderful. and, And this is part of the reason I don't know if you guys got this when I first was writing you. I was saying to you, how do you know? I mean, because it, here's one thing that I've never been able to get past. And I've tried. I even, in the years after this happened, I went far and wide. I went to prayer retreats. I went to personal prayer appointments. I went to different, I mean, pastors. I had a spiritual director. I, 
was in small groups. I mean, I just went all over the place talking to all kinds of people about spirituality. How do you, how do you decipher and make, you know, if I went off track, I need to know what happened. I need to know where that happened. I need to know how that does not happen again, you know, because I'm not trying to deceive anyone. I'm not trying to be dishonest. I'm trying to be a part of a community and all these things. And so um, I basically just, uh, I I don't know that I've ever gotten really good answers for this because everybody's answer is different. And I don't know that there's really a consensus out there of how to decide if something is, um, is real or not. Now, what you'll get most of the time is, well, is it biblical? Well, of course, but according to whose interpretation? <laughs> well, mm. I, you know what I mean? It's like, obviously, right. if I, I, I'm not going to go out and become, uh, you know, if I hear God say, go kill someone, obviously, I'm not an idiot. You know, I mean, there's not that. But, but my, the interactions I had with, with God that I believed was, and, and when I say God, I mean an intelligent being outside of myself that I cannot see with my human eyes. I mean that, you know, I, and he can speak in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes he speaks to the person standing next to you. You know, I mean the Holy spirit, I, I don't know. It's a kind of a big gray area sometimes as to what is real and what isn't real. So you were convinced hundred percent that these experiences were real for you <sighs> and you were, I'm not sure I following. So in talking and telling these other people, since they were questioning that those were real experiences, then you were doubting it? Oh, yeah. I went into horrible self-doubt. I mean, I just, I plummeted. I, I was just like, because it took me a lot of faith and a lot of courage and a lot of strength to get to the place where I was, I felt very vulnerable. You know, I mean, kind of out on a limb. And I, you know, I don't know how everybody is. I'm a very, I am a very passionate person. It's just how I'm wired. I, I talk fast. I'm I can, when I, sometimes my passion, when I'm in conversation and people can be like, why are you mad? I'm like, I'm not mad. I'm passionate. You know, I mean, I'm just, that's the way I talk, you know? And, and there was definitely some times where I stood alone and I said, you know, I don't care what anybody said. I know he was there because he healed my heart. And that's the evidence that I relied upon. I went from being just so broken to feeling so alive with something inside of me that I've never in my life experienced before. I mean, it's left a whole that the last 10 years has not been able to fill. Not, nothing has been able to fill it for 10 years. That hole's still there. For me, that's some kind of evidence that something was genuine there. And, um, and for a while, I did. And, and, and there was a lot of hostility in me and, and anger. And be like, you know, who, how can anybody say? How can anybody, you know, I came under a lot of attack. I, and um, personal, too. You know, you're crazy, you're this, you're that, you're blah, blah, blah. And, and for a long time, I stood there and I said, nope, 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 I'm not, you know, just leave me alone, everybody leave me alone, you know? But we aren't designed to live like that either. I can't just stand in a corner going, you know, with my hands over my ears forever and go, nope, nope. I, I can't live a healthy life like that in seclusion either, spiritually. I mean, there's a point for standing your ground and saying, no, nah, I believe this. But then there's also a point for if God is really speaking to me, it's going to work in community. He, he's not going to, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think that there is, is a definite, you know, element there that needs, I need community. And right now I don't really have much at all. I mean, I don't. So what part are you still trying to sort out then? Like, um, well, I think really it's that, 
Well, every day I, I feel like I've told people, I've told a couple people this, and I don't really talk about this very much. I used to. I don't much anymore because I find it completely worthless. I mean, completely pointless to talk about it with most people because they don't have any idea, you know. And I, I and sometimes I, I say, well, you've been a Christian for fifty years. You don't have any idea. And I, who has any idea? And I think that that's that's why this. I don't really discuss this a whole lot, but but I'll tell you this: that that um, I deal with what I would call just. <laughs> How do I, how do I even put it into words? It's like having somebody that you love so much, and that and that presence filling you completely, and being a part of your life, and then just losing it is extremely excruciatingly painful. And I don't know if it's not physical; it's like emotional, spiritual, um, whatever that pain. I don't know, but wherever that relational pain comes from, mm-hmm. and and I. I feel like I'm giving just such a sketchy, there's so much more to this story. I mean, there's, there always is so much more to a person's story than you could put in a format like this. So is it fair to say then you're, you had this experience, it was very real, mm-hmm. you lost it, nobody believed it, and now you're kind of wondering what's what next? What happened? Yeah. What happened? I mean, I, I feel like... Um, you know, I feel like that that place where I got in that rela- in my relationship with God was ground zero for me somehow, and I'm always trying to get back to some place of communion. And and, and you know, let me to be fair, I have had uh, moments along the way in the last ten years um, where I really really sensed and believed, okay, he's still there. I don't know what he's doing. He's got some squirrely plan here. <laughs> I don't get it. It's very painful, but you know, he's, he's got it under control. You know, I mean, there are moments like that where I have this kind of a, a resurgence of faith. It, 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 but I mean, most days I just wake up now and I'm, I, I, I don't pray. I don't read. I don't, I, I, it's just such a painful, I feel like there's no one on the other line there. I don't, and, and part of it could be is that I don't, I don't believe anymore. Mm. I don't, I'm telling you, what you believe is very, very important to how you live your life, your faith, everything. And I, I don't know how to believe anymore in in any of the things that I used to because I feel like pretty much the Christian community that I've been in contact with, and I know there's a lot more I've never met, but <laughs> ones that have been in my circle have really just said to me, you, you're illegitimate. I mean, I've had people, people that I've, I've known for years and years and years come to me and go, have you, have you ever been saved? And I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? Have I ever been, have I ever been saved? I've grown up with you. Hmm. And I I guess fair question though, I suppose, you know, I mean, and uh, people who just say, well, you just had these delusions that were God, these moments of connection. And I want to tell you, I have a journal from 15 years. I have thousands and thousands and thousands of pages. Most of it's study notes. I want to tell you, but I also record in there moments that are very, to me, were very formative for for in my spiritual journey and that if i were to go back and through through it now i mean hundreds maybe thousands of moments that i have to just go back through now and just kind of wipe out and go wow well i guess i just made those all up how do you how do you walk a successful spiritual journey that way well, it is interesting, you know, and when you're talking about folks not being able to connect or even when you said you know, why are you asking me this question? You've been a Christian for X number of years. 
and yet you don't know these things. Um, you know, and the idea too of uh, someone coming to you and saying, uh, you know, their terms, have you been saved? Maybe meaning, I guess, you know, are you a Christian? Uh, are you in relationship with God? And John and I had a discussion just the other day. We were talking about what to podcast about. And John, you talked about that idea of me, me making that statement and then backing off of it really quickly about evangelizing the church. And you wanted to go there and me saying, oh, yeah, that's a very... That's a very sketchy statement on my part. <laughs> I, I, I'll stick with it, but it's very sketchy, you know. And here you are having Anna talking about, seems to me, people who just cannot recognize something that's there. Uh, you know, and I wouldn't say that we, you know, how to say this correctly, but, but if, if someone comes to me with a story or with a series of stories, then – you know, one of the possible options I do have is that there is a disconnect between this person and, and certain aspects of the, 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 the reality that we share, right? Our shared reality. There's a, there's a breakdown. That is an option, right? We all know that. Although, you know, we tend to be a little liberal with, you know, what that could mean or – and we certainly are liberal of a lot of people with how we dish it out, you know? If something exceeds our boundaries and particularly if it exceeds our – our willingness to engage and our willingness to spend time, then it's either worthless or it's maybe super complicated. And, you know, if you come in and you say, oh, I'm a nuclear physicist, then they'll grant most things you say, but they won't engage with them. And you get a, you get kind of a pass card. That's okay. But I don't know how much you'll find this similar, but I find, for example, having done studies not necessarily in theology, my work is in a, is in a blend of philosophy and theology. And I can walk into a room. I remember being in a room with a guy and he was an avionics uh, physicist. And he said a couple things that sounded loopy. And as soon as I heard his designation, all of a sudden I'm paying full attention. But I find that with me, there is no real, like, what is it to be a specialist in religion? What is it to have some sort of a special training or maybe in your case, some sort of special experiences you know because we're all specialists aren't we if we're protestant there's no real distinction you might have some training or something so i think there's a lot of that in the church where there we've got to be equal and if we're not equal we are recognizably different we're you know pastors or professors at seminaries or john and i've been podcasting on the writings of a particular president of a Christian university. So that those types of really obvious distinctions. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that uh, people are prepared to engage without being told something that is in a, I guess with being, without being presented with something authoritative that is in a recognizable realm where it's okay to be authoritative. So a minister can talk to you about the Bible, or even more so, a seminarian, a prof. That's okay, right? Or you might have a, I don't know, a a monk or a a nun talking to you about spiritual practice or somebody like, something like that. You know, it's up their alley. It makes sense. But if you have somebody normal, then what do they know that I don't know? You know, why should they have any special knowledge? So I often, I often wonder about that, you know, that how, how would we know? And what does it mean, you know, if there are spiritual gifts, 
which it sounds like there's something along those lines. You know, on the one hand, what does that mean? What does it look like? And again, if we can't figure out like a spiritual gift could be healing. Okay, well, that's obvious. Somebody got better. I got that one, right? But, but what could yours be? I don't know. Is this prophetic or something? I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. You know, or is it some sort of way of, I don't know. There's a certain artistry that, you know, I think exists in nature and certain people have ways of, of bringing that to us. Not just because I'm not there when the sun set in that way at that place, but because they have a way of seeing it, an interpretive kind of force that allows that to become more accessible to me. And I wonder if there's something about some of this nature of God that, you know, there's a sort of, yeah, spiritual artistry that maybe is something that you have that could be of, of great use. You know, I remember some of the things you, and I won't bring them up, but I won't, like, I won't, won't go into them, but I mean, I, I, I recall some of the, the stories that you, you mentioned, and I was struck when I started looking at them, and I thought, oh, this is really interesting, and I brought out a couple. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I've actually looked up, I've got them right in front of me, some of our email discussions, and uh, I mean, I think that's the other part, too, is it's just, we have no, we're not taught that this is difficult, so if everything's supposed to be easy and you run across something that's tough, well, that's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. But if it could possibly be tough or confusing, if it could be self-referential um, in any way, then, oh, maybe there's more here. And then we've got the issue, too, of, well, how do you deal with that? You know, um, I remember very clearly being in one of the tougher classes I had to take. And it was a hermeneutics class. It was a biblical hermeneutics. So it's interpreting the Bible as opposed to some other forms like literary or philosophical. And I remember going up to the prof and we got along really well. And he, he later was my thesis supervisor. And I said, you know, um, I, I really have a problem with the content of this course. I have no idea why we're starting with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because we haven't even thought about some of the philosophical questions. What is a text? What is a reader? How do they engage? And I talked for about five minutes and he stopped me and he said, you know what? I completely agree with you. We don't have time. This is just the reality of the world we live in. We don't have time for that. So even at a seminary level in terms of our ministers and our pastors, the degree of preparation they have, while I think in some ways it's, it's, it's admirable for the specifics, in terms of the generalities and the things that people really need to be able to apply some of, these, some of this knowledge – in a broad enough way to respond maybe to something like you're presenting. It certainly didn't occur at the school I I was at, and it was known to be a pretty good school, I think. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm pretty doubtful that it's happening out there. But it seems like there's a two-pronged problem or situation that Anna's describing here. One is she had these experiences, and they've kind of been, well, we've been talking about this a lot recently, Mm -hmm. you know, the insistence of, some people to really focus on what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. So it sounds like the first the first prong is people have decided that Anna's experiences were quote wrong or invalid. Right. But then there's the second piece which is that these experiences have disappeared. Like what right. do you say to the second part, Greg? I mean, like what what's that all about? Well, 
I would say. Well, that. I'll tell you what. I've stopped believing as part of it, John. I, I don't believe anything. I would. I mean, I would have stopped. I, I mean, I feel, I yes. I, well, it's kind of like, I feel like I'm kind of in that similar place, we, we, but I didn't have, I mean, we could talk all day and, and maybe I have had these experiences of God, but I've discounted them or said they didn't. Like, I don't even, I, I don't know. I feel like I can count on one hand the number of things I'd say, well, there was some divine intervention there. But other than that, it's like, well, I'm waiting for more. Right. I, when you say, let me clarify, let me, would you mind clarifying, Anna? When you say you stop believing, did you, is that a complete sentence or do you mean you stop believing in something like these particular experiences or 95% well, of them or Christianity or what do you mean? Well, Greg, I, I have, I have been so frustrated with uh, Christianity and this whole thing. I have tried to stop believing in it altogether. I want to be really honest. I've tried to just go, forget it. I'm not a Christian. <laughs> I'm going to be a Buddhist. I'm going to be a Buddhist because yeah. screw this. And there's something <laughs> to me that, I can't. I, yeah. I, I can't because I, 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 in a in a very deep place beyond where my subconscious can control what I believe, it mm. believes. So I think that's the deep spirit place. And I, I literally probably, if I wasn't a Christian, I'd be something akin to a Buddhist. And I'm. And there have been points in my life where I'm like, I'm okay with that because screw this all. It is way too hard. Bible says, draw near to God; He'll draw near to you. Mm-hmm. Right? Bible says. You know, you being evil fathers, you know, if your kids ask you for a gift, they're going to, you're not going to give them a snake mm-hmm. if they ask you for bread. So why would you think God, if you, if you come to him and ask him, he'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll give you these things. He'll lead you into all truth. I mean, there's so many promises in the Bible and they're not having to do with your external life. He doesn't promise you won't get sick. He doesn't promise your child won't die. He doesn't promise there won't be a terrorist attack in your neighborhood someday. You know, he doesn't promise those things. What he promises is, I will come and dwell inside of you. I will guide you. My spirit will be there, and I will be present, and I will be a part of your life. It is a promise. If you want me there, if you open that door for me, I'm there. That's Mm -hmm. a promise. And if all of this, all these years of seeking and, and crying and begging and pleading and saying, God, I love you. I need you there. If it all culminates in one big ha ha game that some macabre what powers that be are playing with my life. I'm not interested. I'll go be a Buddhist. I'm not in this for a get out of hell free card. (laughs) You know, I'm in Christianity because I love the character of God. I want to be in relationship with that God. And if, if I can't figure it out, the common person, and I don't claim to be that great of a person or or that I don't have a theological degree. And I, you know, I've spent a lot of time, you know, studying and all that on my own time. And I've spent a lot of time, trying to draw near and draw close to God. And if the only thing that comes from that is just complete and total, what, a a delusion? I am not interested in that religion. You know, I'll move on. If that's that's the best that Christianity can do. That's frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate your candor a great deal. And I think if there were more people who had the frame of mind that you have and the degree of commitment that you have that uh, Christianity would be in a very different place. I really believe that. I I don't know. I can't figure it out. I I just don't. And if I had, if I had the power to, if I had the power to go screw all this, screw God, screw it all uh, and Mm -hmm. walk away, I would. There's something that holds me there. And and in my own heart, I have to decide what that is. That's probably God. As much as I hate 
to admit it. That's probably God sitting there and going, no, you're not wiggling out of this. And I don't know what he's doing, and it pisses me off. (laughs) But I can relate to that, too. I relate to that, too, in the sense that, I mean, Greg often marvels. He's like, I don't know why you didn't just walk away years ago. Like, you just keep hanging in there, and I kind of do. I don't know. I don't know if I have the same reasons, but but yeah, there is a part of me too that just keeps hanging around for some reason. Yeah. Well, let me see if I can speak, or at least, I don't know, speak to, but offer a perspective. I mean, when I look at my own life and the kind of significant moments where I would describe them as events or situations where it would take far more faith than the wrong type of faith to believe that God was not involved. And some of them are just stark. So I can relate to some of what you're saying about the, uh, you know, the sort of waking vision type of thing. I mean, I think, John, I may have recounted one of those to you. We certainly haven't put them on the podcast or anything like that. But I I think the thing that, the, the two things that I would say speaking from my own perspective regarding my own experiences and, and how both they are in the past and, and, on, and are not and are, and are real, I believe, in the past and also are not necessarily continuous. I mean, some of the things that happen, I think we need to sort of think about what sort of categories they fall into. So one of the mo- most you know, moving and transforming experiences that I uh, had, I would um, categorize as a form of healing. And I'm not going to go into it. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's again, my view of uh, experiences that I, I want to be open with it to the extent, you know, obviously, as you're talking about, Anna, that, that people uh, can relate, are interested in talking about it, maybe have the tools to engage rather than being overwhelmed and having to be put into this binary position of either just um, succumbing to it, which is not what I want, or rejecting it, which seems extreme. But I think that by categorizing these things in certain ways, for example, with this particular experience, I, I would not, I will not see that again. I, I could not, it just would not make sense because that's literally something in terms of my past. You know, I come from a very sexually abusive family and, and the, the impact of that sexual abuse, with that abuse, let's just say in general terms, has been nullified and not just nullified in the sense that you know if it was a negative impact a negative force on me that i've been given a positive number so i'm up to zero i think it's it's been vastly extravagantly healed if i could say it that way mm-hmm. so in some of these things i don't look for more i don't think that there should be more in others of them you know i am i guess the ongoing involvement that I have at the level that I have it, you know, I haven't maybe been as brave as you have. I haven't brought out some of the experiences and I've tried to go a different route of almost, if you like, generalizing from my experience and trying to engage folks so that we can maybe eventually get to that place about experience. Not that that's the, the only place or the, or the most important place. It's just, it's not a non-place. It can't be rejected. It can't be at the bottom of the ladder, nor do I think it can be at the top. It kind of moves and kind of, it's, it's in a, you know, a living relationship with the other aspects of, of, you know, my being as a human, you know, my intellect, my creativity, my imagination, my will, all these other things. So um, I guess there's, 
there's that and 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 also you know even through the podcast and the blogging i'm often amazed by some of the things that happen you know john and i i think have developed uh a really a really valuable and and i would say really almost gifted symmetry i i'm i'm amazed by some of the stuff that happens and i was that is that god acting in, in certain ways i think so you know and yet in other ways I, I think the last piece then is so the, there's the past that sometimes I don't expect to be repeated. There's the present, which I think is at the level of my involvement. And this is how I see it anyways. And so my involvement a lot is with podcasting and blogging. I'm starting to do things with my church. That's coming slowly, you know, but I see God, I think, acting in and through some of the symmetry that, that John and I have and some of the impact that I think slowly we're making. But... um the third piece is this whole idea of, of testimony. And so again, I appreciate your bravery in offering some of the stories and offering some of the ways in which you've seen God and you've experienced God. And of course, those are open to interpretation, right? right. They're open to my interpretation. They're open to yours. They're open to other people's, you know, provided that I ho- hope we all hold the caveat that um, I can only interpret to the degree that I am a skilled interpreter or that my skill in interpretation will limit the accuracy of my ultimate dis- conclusions. And I think for a lot of people, again, no training, no background, everything should be easy. Everything should be straightforward. If, if you say it in terms of a Bible verse, it makes sense. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Well, you know, that's not real life. That doesn't really work. So right. I guess... Right. I I think, you know, on that last piece, maybe I'll just be a little bit more direct with you, if I can be, yeah. if you'll allow me to be. And, and I think that to the degree that you can find yourself in a community, that there may be a bit, well, I won't say a bit, there may be a call on you to, to, to share these things in ways that that community can hear. And I recognize that you've made a lot of efforts. I certainly don't think that I'm not saying that you haven't, but that there may be yet possibilities in the future and that part of what's involved for you is that that hunger stays alive. Yeah. You know, and I know for me, um, I'll go through a couple of weeks and it's, and I won't pod, we'll podcast it once maybe and I won't be blogging and I'm starting to start a new business and I feel like I'm drowning. You know, I need to get air and air is engaging with some of these ideas, engaging with some of the reality, I think, that stands behind those ideas about who God is, who I am, and how the two are meant to relate. And, you know, I don't know what it would look like for you, but my sense is that that hunger is meant to be a motivation and it may not be fulfilled, right? You may not find the satiation you're looking for in this life. And I don't mean to be pessimistic by saying it that way, but it does seem to me that that hunger is meant as a real thing to drive you towards something, even if it's telling stories from before and from the past, but allowing those hopefully to impact people through you being in the right community. You know, and I I don't know what that looks like. I've gone through... Nine churches, I think, I think 10 or 11 churches since I was in my 20s. And that's like, you know, at least eight months, 
like a, a good they got the they got the college try on each one of them <laughs> and and I'm finally at a church where of only two there was another one and I left it because I was going to grad school and it's just in a different part of the country it's back in the east and I'm in the near the Rockies and so um, two out of eleven is not very good and I don't even know that I could do at that church what I'm probably going to end up doing at this church so it's not an easy road it's you know if you would have asked me two years ago i would have just said no it can't happen it's not going to happen i don't know what god's up to you know and i don't know maybe you're like this too maybe it's not just crying maybe it's screaming and yelling you know i i every so often every i don't know what it is two three months i'll have a little yelling match with god and say hey you know what you really want this to happen you go look at all this stuff i'm doing here does this make any sense you know, if it doesn't make sense, then just let me know. Right. right? Help, help me out here. And, and I guess the other thing too is it's easier for me in, from, a, from an intellectual perspective in the, in the sense that, you know, part of what I was looking for was to be able to take the experiences, generalize them in a robust way in kind of an, an intellectual and academic way, have some feedback there. You know, and everybody could have said, hey, Greg, this is junk. Um, this doesn't work. Or, you know, you, you really just got, you got to change this around. And I think if I would have approached them with experience first, they wouldn't have known what to do mm-hmm. for most of them. And maybe, maybe there's a bit of a call there for you too. You know, and I, I know that takes a ton of resources. Mm-hmm. But it seems to me from some of the things you've written that you're very thoughtful already. You know, as you said, you've done a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how helpful that is, but those are some thoughts about how what you said struck me. You know, and, and let me, let me, you had mentioned that you had a, um, a picture, like a waking picture that brought you healing. Yeah. Okay. So do you consider that an evidence of a valid experience with God if you are healed from it? healed from something is that does that give it some validity that is tangible well i would say for my thing the 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 healing kind of experience was was with another person and yet it so far exceeded that other person's awareness and capacity mm-hmm. the, the the revelation this kind of waking i would call it like a waking dream uh happened during an emdr session which is your you know emdr is uh help me out johnny i had the flashing light thing, you know, it's it's a psychological technique, or it's not a technique so much as a. I've heard of it, but it's some type of therapy, right? Well, it's a therapy. It's not a type of therapy so much as a way of. It's an environment for doing your therapy. So EMDR is either it's it's either lightly flashing lights, or it's it could be tapping, tapping. Like in this case, my counselor was just tapping on either knee back and forth, like. Through the whole time, and then we're just going through a question and answer. So it was very innocuous, you know, no drugs, no no psychedelic, no nothing. And, and I had this. Well, that's that's a real change for you. <laughs> Don't you know it, man? I was like, you got to be kidding me! You can't have that other stuff. Um, so, but but yeah, it was incredibly detailed, and I think what I would call that not so much healing, but 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 revelatory. And I do think that like, it was astounding. It was astounding some of the content there. And I'm like, where did this come from? You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't hang my hat on it, right? 
not on any one of these particular – well, maybe on one of them I would hang my hat on uh, in terms of one of the major – the major thing that kind of was transformative for me. But on any of those other ones, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stake my faith on them. But when I put them together and then when I would go through and that whole process of generalizing in a philosophical way – you know, not trying to come up with Bible verses, but the work I was doing was philosophical theology. So it's looking at theological themes through philosophical lenses. And the reason the advantage I found that had is it applied a lot more to real life. Sometimes philosophy sounds like it's really abstracted, but it is really a lot about some of these categories of experience and love and, you know, relationship and um, these things. And so I found my conclusions about that particular situation where yeah there's 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 something more here than just this wasn't about any memory this as far exceeds it's, it's nothing about memory it was a it was almost like I, if you if you want me to be dead honest with you it was i felt like it was a message mm-hmm. it was a message it was a it was a, 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 a it was a sense of here is something that comes from you and your life. Here is something that comes from uh, – it was incredibly powerful. I'm not going into it and I'm not giving you the details obviously. But things like that, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't share that with a lot of people because there, I don't think there are a lot of people who – like A, when would it come up? And then right. B um, – you know, if, if, if I can do my, de- my best after how many years of writing to write a blog post on something that I've written, wrote on in my thesis. So I've been writing on the same stuff for years and it's like shooting over people's heads. Then either I'm really having a hard time as a writer or, you know, people aren't as prepared for some of these more complicated ideas. And so if I'm going to, if I'm striking out there, I'm surely going to strike out when it comes to telling this story. So I need this sort of prepared, informed audience even. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the right timing, the right atmosphere, a willing audience, and then a kind of a skilled audience. That's how I see it. And again, I, I would also be critical of myself and say, I'm, I, don't, I maybe lack some courage. You know, maybe I could be a little more risk-taking with this. You've taken some risks. And I hear you, it's hurt. But I think... Yeah. I... I, I I have to believe, I, I just really do, that, that even one person you talk to whom you may not be in touch with has been, has been affected positively by some of the things you've told them. And if not then, then maybe something happened to them and your stories gave them some context that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Mm-hmm. Right. You no, know, I, I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. We should probably... Uh kind of wrap things up so okay any concluding thoughts or this well for, first of all anna this has been fantastic thank you so much for joining oh, us you're welcome. Mm-hmm. and and i would say like if you want to keep the conversation going i'd love to do it again so i guess yeah. i guess i have t- kind of two questions here one any concluding thoughts to kind of wrap up not that there's any pretty bow to put on this but <laughs> any 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 wrap up thoughts and any topics of like, hey, let's maybe head in this direction next time. Well, you know, I, I, 
from my experiences, it sounds like from you guys too, this isn't a topic that people talk about a lot. I think it's great that you guys are exploring it. This, the, mm. the element of, of experience. And, and you mentioned Greg, you know, that experience is one thing that, um, is important. I mean, not to put it on the top of the ladder, right. But to include in our total, um, conversation about the spiritual journey, because yeah. I think there are more people out there who probably do have experiences, but because it, it's almost, there's almost a hostility, a skepticism inside of, if you go to somebody with mm-hmm. that and they, and they haven't had that happen or they, they will shoot it down in a second. And, and the thing is when you're very vulnerable and you're stepping out very ginger, gingerly, sometimes tenderly into that realm of, I'm going to take a leap of faith and believe this. And somebody comes along and is like, that's ridiculous, you know, blah, blah, blah. What they're really saying is, no, God wouldn't talk to you. Who do you think you are? I mean, it, it, <laughs> or somebody could, you know, I felt that way about people. Yeah. And, and that is a, you know, and so then it, it stunts your growth. I mean, so my, my thought would be that this is an area that I don't hear discussed very often, um, thoughtfully and with, you know, I mean, yes, people will be out there some places are probably where they talk about all these wild experiences, but, but, to approach experiences in the also in the context of you know other sound ways of understanding things and I mean not just everybody's story without being able to apply some kind of um, I don't know reasoning to it as well I don't know if I'm making any sense but that kind of conversation I don't find very often I, I I've listened to a lot of sermons of people talking at me. You know, I've listened to a lot of things where people tell you, do this, do that, do that. But, but the conversation about how do we fit these experiences um, into our journey, how do we make sense of them, is mm-hmm. to me, it, it's one that needs to be had. Because I, I've been around a lot, and I, I find overwhelmingly that most people have no idea what to do with it. Mm-hmm. The vast majority have no idea what to do with it. That's a great point. Those are great points, Anna. Yeah, yeah. Or, or experience for them, I think, amounts to, and, and I wouldn't necessarily take something away from this, uh, although I think it's just as open to skepticism as something with more detail and content like you're talking about. But, you know, um, I sang this hymn and I, I felt God's presence. Well, was that God's presence or is this, is this kind of like a – you know, a likely environment for uh, heightened emotional responses. Is that, is that God or is that, is that you're, you're feeling good because you're singing the song you like and everybody else is happy and, you know, you can forget about your problems for a bit. So, right. I, yeah, I, I think this is yeah. a good discussion. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys, for Thank you. letting Thank me you, talk Anna. your ear off, basically. Absolutely. That was really good. Awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com. If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email, send your requests, questions, or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license.